Welcome, 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 welcome aboard the first Perks Pod. Uh, why am I doing this? Well, I've been doing Perks Recap for two years now. I've been re- uh, reacting to music, having a blast, definitely having a blast, enjoying new artists, new bands, new songs. And I have no intention of stopping that whatsoever because I'm having too much fun doing it. And I'm still having fun doing it. And I've, you know, developed a few thousand, couple thousand fans and uh, some some uh, good good uh, friends along the way as well. I, I've become friendly with a lot of them. So it's been nothing but a positive experience. And I figure, well, while I'm not going to stop that, the podcast realm intrigues me as well, but I figured I didn't have the time to do it. And honestly, while I'm at home recording for the, for the channel, the, the uh, reaction channel, I don't have time to do another something else along the way, a podcast, but an audio podcast that I can record on my phone as I'm writing in the work. And I have a long commute going to work. Let's just it's a really long commute. So I have the time while I'm riding in. And, you know, I'm just driving in. Obviously, I'm going to stay focused on the road. But as I'm driving in, I'm not, I, I have the time that I can press record on something and record a podcast pretty easily. And I have plenty of time to do it. So I'm thinking once or twice a week, I can, I can record a podcast on my way in and it won't take anything away from me doing the the music reaction channels. So what's this going to be? Well, one of the things that appealed to me about this is the open-endedness of it. I can do whatever I want, right? doesn't mean everybody's going to listen. That's another thing, but I can do whatever I want and I want to see where this takes me. I want to see what subjects I start talking about what people I can get to join me and definitely want to get into some sports. Now that's one of the things about the music reaction channel. I've tried to dive into a little bit of sports with that. And that audience there knows me as the music reaction guy. And they're not really there for any sports takes and the sports videos never really did all that did too well. So I'm going to try to do it on this instead. And I'm going to be able to bring guests on with me. All it is is there's a simple app to make a phone call and they join me. You'll be able to hear them and me and we'll interact and we'll, we'll get this done. And it should be pretty good, pretty fun. And we're going to do that right away, right on this channel, right on the, I keep saying channel. That's one thing I have to train myself. This is the podcast now, not a, not a YouTube channel. The podcast, the first person that's going to join the pod is my best friend's son. And that might be weird. Why isn't it my best friend? Well, he's, you know, we all work and we all got, you all got things going on and he's not available. But to be honest, if I want a baseball expert or a baseball person to really have an interesting conversation with that you guys would probably be interested in hearing, his son, Jordan, Jordan is, is a unicorn. And I call him that because He's a younger guy in his 20s, but he loves, loves, loves baseball. 
And baseball is one of their biggest problems is they don't appeal to a younger audience. And he's loved baseball since he was a little kid. We're talking over 10 years ago. So he was like, you know, 12, 13 years old, 11, 10, and that, that whole range. He was loving baseball. So we're going to talk some baseball today. And when we're going to talk baseball, it'll, it'll mostly focus on the Yankees. But I'm not close, closing it to just that. If, uh, you know, if, if there's a demand or even if there's just a thought in my mind that I want to, I want to expand on that a little bit, I want to uh, include other, you know, baseball teams, the baseball as a whole. But certain episodes definitely going to focus on, on baseball. And that's what we're going to do today. It's baseball season. There's not a whole lot going on anyway in the other sports. So today it's going to be baseball. It's going to be the New York Yankees mostly. We're going to talk about them. He's going to join us. And uh, yeah, my first guest on any uh, any form, even on the YouTube, I really don't have any guests on with me. So here we go. Jordan G is going to join us right now. Okay, we're back with Jordan. As I said, he's a bit of a unicorn. He's a younger guy, but yet he has a passion for baseball. He has a passion for the game that few have, especially at his age. Baseball has a big problem with uh, appealing to a younger audience. Not the case with Jordan. Jordan, why don't you uh, give a little bit of an example of uh, just your level of, of, of baseball uh, I guess, like I said, the passion that you have for baseball. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, baseball, I have loved for many, many years. Um, and as you said, yes, I love the game. I am passionate about the game. I actually have a notebook of trades and free agent moves all the way going back from 2012 in 2012, uh, you were how old? In 2012, I was about, I would say, 15, oh, I think maybe 15, almost 16, right? Like 10 years? Yeah. About okay. 11, yeah, 11 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, about to enter high school, I will say. Wow, that's, that's impressive. But you actually liked it before that as well, though, just not to that uh, level. Uh, yes, I was. And that actually takes me back to 2009 when MLB decided to have their own network. And every day they showed games from up to Chicago, Arizona, Los Angeles. And yep. right then and there, I ended up falling in love with the game and watch every single game I can for as many years as I'm, I'm going. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I, I needed to touch on, too. The fact that you can sit there and watch, you know, Kansas City against the Reds and watch every inning, every pitch, and be absolutely fine with it with no rooting interest, really, just to watch some baseball, is uh, that's impressive. I got to tell you, that's a, that's a level that even I'm, that I'm not at. Now, I've been following baseball for 40 years, and I guess as I got older, I, I just get more in tune to what I like. And I just, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I can watch the Yankees, but I can't sit there and watch a random game that I have no rooting interest in. On occasion, maybe, 
playoffs for sure, things like that. But I, I give you credit for that because that's something I can't do. I can't just turn on a random game with no rooting interest and watch that. So I just wanted people to know that, you know, your baseball credentials are on point here. You have the knowledge. You have the passion. Uh, yeah, 100%. And, yeah, like I said earlier, love following the game. Watch, love watching everyone play. And, yeah, just I love the sport and I love following all the different teams and moves, who and who's in it and who's not. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, well, let's let's discuss a little bit on the Yankees. This team is very puzzling to me. They're a little bit frustrating to me. And um, the players that they have have been really good in the past. But now they all seem to just be done. Like they all got really old really quick and none of them can do anything anymore. And it's crazy to me that nobody can sustain anything. Um, Donaldson, a former MVP, DJ LeMahieu was was the one of the best hitters in the game just a couple of years ago. Jim Kyle Stanton, a former MVP, and these guys they can't do it. Rizzo, same thing. They're they're like like I said, it looks like they're all just cooked. They're all just done, especially Donaldson. But where what do you what do you think is the is the problem? Is it just the age thing? Or is it, is it deeper than that? Um, I honestly don't think it is an age thing because I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about is age really a thing. And to me, I don't think so. And the one guy you could talk about if you want to talk about age, uh, look at Albert Pujols last year, final year. needed 20, I think 22, 23 home runs to get to 700. And he did. And he passed, I think he ended up getting to 703. So I don't think the age thing is really concerning for these Yankee players. I think what needs to happen is they need a voice and they need some leader outside of Aaron Judge. And like you mentioned earlier, all these guys have been players on their respective teams that they originally played for. Rizzo with the Cubs. You know, he did phenomenal. Uh, uh, Giancarlo Stan when he was with Miami, win an MVP. Uh, Donaldson with not only the Blue Jays, but with the Oakland Athletics, the Atlanta Braves. He was a power hitter that always kept hitting. And I think in my mind, what is going on is they don't have a voice. And I think the voice that they had is injured, but they need someone else else to step up and Well that's the thing is is I mean Judge has been hurt for a month and nobody has stepped up. Now for the first time in his tenure Brian Cashman fired a hitting coach during the season, and we bring in Sean Casey. I'm hoping that the new, like you're talking about, the new voice, someone with a different uh, view on things maybe can get these guys going a little bit. But there are certain, I mean, with all respect to Pujols, there's plenty of other guys who don't get it back. And I think Donaldson especially, 
I think he's done. I think he's cooked because he's not just struggling. He's like worst player in baseball struggling. Like, I mean, we talk about the 200 averages being a real Mendoza line is, you know, you can't get below 200 and be a major league hitter. Really. It's bad. It's really hard, you know, to stay on the roster and he's batting 60 points less than that. He's batting 140. That is unacceptable. And this is the second year in a row where he's been really bad. And now his age does come into factor for me at least. And he might be a guy who doesn't, get it back doesn't resume and this might be who he is and who he is right now is not acceptable and i think he needs to be dfa'd yeah 100 i i do agree with you it is unacceptable and you know i don't know and real quick it's not like he didn't have a chance he's been there for a couple years now and he hasn't performed one lick the entire time yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely, and I do agree with you on that. And like you said, but I don't know what is going through the mind of Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman because these guys always say that they want to get younger or they want a mix of both veteran and good leadership. But when are you going to go on and say this is enough? I don't agree that Donaldson – has I like has it anymore? I yeah. do believe maybe with Sean, maybe with Sean Casey, a guy who, if you actually watch the MLB Network, loves to talk hitting, maybe get in his ear to talk to him. But if he can't do it by the trade deadline, I do have to agree with you. He has to get DFA'd. He has to at least be released and get some get another chance to someone right. who is willing to hit. All right, so that's what that's what we're on par there because I'm on the same wavelength with you in terms of the trade deadline is not just the trade deadline for me. It's the Donaldson deadline for me as well. He's got until then, if he can't get it straightened up by then, by then he'll have Casey with him for a couple weeks, few weeks. If he's not showing any life by then he's got to go. And then you've got this kid Peraza in the minors. I know he's a shortstop, but he's a gold glove caliber shortstop. He's very, very good with the glove. And shortstops can can switch. They can play third. Um, if they're if they have any foresight, they would have him playing third now. I don't think they do, but they should. And because third baseman, like I said, shortstops can actually change to third. And there's been you know success with that. A Rod did it. You can go all the way back to Cal Ripken. He did it. These guys, shortstops and third baseman, can be not interchangeable, but going from one to the other is not too tough. I think he could do it, especially since he's so good with the glove anyway. It's short. He should be good with the glove at third. So he can do it. But what about the trade deadline exploring other players? Today we heard, or recently we've heard, the Yankees are all in on Shohei Otani. What are your thoughts on the Yankees pursuing Shohei Otani? Well, as, as a baseball fan, I would love for that to happen because that means you have in the evil empire, quote-unquote, back again with Stanton, Otani. If Judge could come back healthy and perform like he did last year with the 62 home runs, that's a scary lineup. 
Well, yeah, and, and you know what? And, and as much as people want to complain about the uh, the evil empire and all that, it's good for baseball. Whether they want to admit it or not, having that evil that evil empire type of mentality and view is good for baseball because it, you know it brings out the best in everybody because they want to beat them beat them the game is better the games are more interesting yeah 100% i do agree with that and like i said i think this would be a perfect opportunity cuz not only can he hit but you can also pitch imagine going to the playoffs Maybe we go to the ALCS again, facing the Houston Astros. The Astros now got to face Garrett Cole, Shohei Otani, Carlos Rodon, and if he's healthy, a healthy Nestor Cortez, who is a sleeper pick. When he's healthy, he is good and he could pitch. And I think, like I said, as a Yankee fan, I would love that trade in a heartbeat. I would do it instantly. But now as a Yankee fan, which I know you are, I don't like the deal at all because then at the end of the year, what farm system do you I, have? Right. And that's that's the counterpoint. The 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 farm system that you're gonna have you're gonna have to give up everybody to get him. You're gonna you're probably gonna have to give up some combination of Volpe, Peraza, and Domingo uh Dominguez in the in the in the minors, and he, Dominguez is all, is really really young. He's like nineteen or twenty. We've been hearing about him forever. If we got to give up our top three young players, and then Otani doesn't come back to us after this year, you can't do that. The math just doesn't add up. You're giving up ten to fifteen years of these young kids' careers who all project to be very good players moving forward for three months of, of Otani for him just to go back to the West coast. Cause that's what he continues to say. He doesn't want to play on the East coast. So you give up everybody say, even if you get him and judge comes back and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Even if it does work out and you win the world series, that that'd be great. And maybe that would be worth it regardless. But if it doesn't or whatever the case is, you're left with nothing next year. You have no young players, no farm system, and no Otani. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I do believe that because we've heard it, in like just like you said, he doesn't want to play on the East Coast. There's even rumors following the All-Star break. All-Star break was in Seattle. The fans welcomed him, open arms, saying that we will gladly take you. And – I think that's where them this the whole trade might come about because look who played for the Seattle Mariners. Ichiro. Yep. His, his idol who he loves. Every time he plays Seattle, he bows down to Ichiro for respect. And that's the thing that scares me. If you're a Yankee fan and you want and the Yankees want to win, but like yeah. But are you willing to give up all these prospects? to get him for maybe three months and he doesn't come because then who gets there also could be that thing where, you know, it's maybe he pitches in New York and he does terrible because he can't handle the pressure. 
there could be a lot of factors coming into this, but the major one that does scare me is if you got young, talented people that are saying that these analysts and these people are saying that could probably be the next core four, then why would you want to give her that chance? Maybe bring them up to the major, see what they can do, and then you decide from there if you want to keep them or not. I would not want to do it right now this year on Otani, who is hitting the free agent market right after. Right. I would rather roll the dice with what we've got, maybe make another deal or something, and then and then move on um, to the offseason and see about maybe making a play for him in the offseason where you don't have to give anything up for him other than money. But I think if he gets to the to that point, he's going to go I'm, – I'm thinking the Dodgers – or somewhere on the West Coast, but at the very least, you can throw your hat in the ring then and see what happens. But for three months and what and the cost that's gonna that it's gonna be, I, I just I I can't get on board with it. I just can't. Um. Yeah, especially another another little thing too. I don't think is as important, but you know he's a DH. And he doesn't really play the field that much. And we already have Stanton who doesn't play the field. And he's our DH. So what happens if he comes and Judge comes back and is healthy? What, what do they do with these two guys? You know, that that's honestly a very excellent question. And the question to that is, I don't know what they do. Because I believe, and I believe in his couple years in the big leagues, I think he might have played the outfield maybe for one batter <laughs> and the, the when the <clears throat> national league still had the uh the pitchers uh hitting, hitting he yep. literally he he literally pitched was in the outfield for one batter and then they swabbed him to finish off the inning and then that was it otherwise he is a decent he is a destiny hitter like you said but the Yankee, but there's so many factors into this. Like you said, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge now has his injury, but he's also approaching early 30s. How long is it going to be until he has to be the full-time designated hitter? There's so many factors into this, and I yeah, don't think I'm and gonna... none of them add up to Otani being a good fit. None of them. Yeah, and yeah, you're absolutely right, and. There's and that's why I don't think it'll be a really smart move because you already have so many outfielders, so many infielders. And it just it just does not work out for the New York Yankees. I cannot see. I would honestly be shocked to see Otani be traded to the New York Yankees if he is available. I agree. I'm gonna close the book on Otani right here. We're gonna come back with one more. A uh, short segment, maybe a little bit more on on the trade deadline, some other players, but uh, yeah, Jordan, good stuff, good information. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on, and we're gonna be right back with you. So that was the first segment with Jordan. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Um, he does have a wealth of knowledge about baseball. He's around it all the time. He watches more baseball than anybody I know. Um, but, you know, just just uh, asking everybody to keep an open mind, have a little bit of patience in terms of us getting to know each other on on the air as we're talking to each other, not stepping on each other. Uh, this is brand new for me 
brand new for him and you know there's some technical glitches that we're going to probably come across you never know you, you can never anticipate these kind of things but the point is the information's there it's going to be there that's going to be the point we're going to we're going to make sure you get all the information you want you're going to get all the interesting conversation it'll get out there maybe some bumps along the way as to be expected this literally is episode one but let's return now to the rest of the segment with jordan and uh we're going to be discussing in this one about the trade deadline and the yankees and uh, other options they have other than shohei otani let's get back to it and we're back with jordan once again Talking about the Yankees, talking about Otani, not a good fit in our eyes. I think the point's going to be end up being moot anyway because I don't think he's going to get traded to the Yankees anyway, regardless. So it probably won't matter. But just you know, I was it was good to kind of explore all the options there. So other than Otani, what do they do at third base if they? want to pursue something at the trade deadline at third base rather than just DFA Donaldson and bring up Peraza, which isn't a bad option, but maybe they want a little bit more firepower. What do you think? Uh, Well, my thoughts on that, if they want to upgrade third base is maybe talk to the St. Louis Cardinals about Nolan Arenado. He, it has been rumored that the Cardinals are going to sell. They are listening to, almost every single person that's on the roster right now. And the big key part of that is Nolan Arenado, who in my mind, one of, if not the best third baseman in baseball today. But the only downfall of that is, is are the New York Yankees willing to have a contract up until 20, 30, uh, 2027, and when that time he'll be proud in his mid, getting close to late 30s. Yeah, I think he'll be like 37 or 38, and that's a, see the Yankees. They they can't afford another one of these contracts that's just a you know just an abyss that they just have to eat the last two or three years of a big contract when the guy's just not performing and getting no results from it. So that's a problem. But for the present, for the next couple of years, he would be a big upgrade. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not sure that the price, the price definitely wouldn't be as big as Otani. You'd probably have to give up something, you know, pretty kind of significant, but nothing crazy because let's not forget Colorado is paying half of his salary or a certain percentage of his salary, maybe even more than half. I'm not entirely sure how much they're paying of his salary. When they traded Aronado to the St. Louis Cardinals to begin with, they took on some of his money. So it's not the full $30 million a year or whatever he's making. It's less than that, so it might be easier to eat that contract. But still, it's something to you know be concerned with. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, to even begin with, um, Colorado, they or the St. Louis Cardinals, they didn't really give up that much in the first place to get 
uh, Arenado. And like you said, they Colorado is eating up most of his contract. Um, I don't know if that factors into the uh, player option that he has, which he did pick up uh, this past off season. Um, I actually will have to look that up. But, now, yeah. now the thing is, though, if they have to pay, if the Yankees trade for him, and have to pay the full contract. That's a different story, and then I might want to shy. I might shy away from him. It, yes, absolutely. Just because the Yankees are already stacked with players, you're talking about Stanton, Judge. Uh, let's not forget Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon uh, as well. And you know, they, and they all make uh, a ton of money. It, yes, exactly. So I don't know if Steinbrenner and Cashman really want to put up that uh, much money again. That may or may not put them over the uh, the payroll. But if you're the Yankees, like yeah, like you said earlier, Nolan Arenado for the next couple of seasons does help this team when he's healthy, and he really get really gets hurt. So that might be that's also a plus for. Uh, the Yankees as well. But yes, like you said, the biggest uh, grudge that is holding them back is the, I, th- I believe it might be 32 or 35 million that he is worth the next couple of seasons. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but like, like we, like I said, if they don't have to pay that money, if that money is deferred to, to Colorado, that changes it. And then the risk isn't as great to me and then maybe make that deal because even if you do have to kind of eat it at the end where he's not performing the last year or two of that contract, it's only, you know, whatever it's going to be 12, 15 million. And that's not, that's not, you know, and that's not peanuts, but it's a lot better to, you know, kind of eat that than 30, 35 million or whatever the case is. So that is a factor in it. I would take our Arenado for sure. It, I would definitely, um, Get in, want to get into that. Also, they're, they've been linked to Juan Soto. Have you heard this? Uh, I have, and there, and it, this is not the first time we're hearing uh, Juan Soto linked to the New York Yankees. Last year, when he was on the market, it, it, it was New York Yankees, New York Yankees. But I believe the asking price was was way too high for him because this kid is still in his early twenties. He's, I believe he turns 24 in or 25 in October and he's phenomenal. And I think if Aaron judge doesn't come back and let's say he doesn't come back until September or he doesn't come back at all, this is be the perfect guy for the New York Yankees to have in the lineup, the swing, the power for Yankee Stadium is fun. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And the on base percentage, don't forget that he's a big on base guy. He walks a ton. And um, to be honest, I think I would rather go after him than Otani. He's a better fit. He plays the outfield, he fills a spot that, of need. And he's still uh, great at the plate, obviously, like we said. He's. I, I'm not sure if he's a great fielder or not. I'm sure he's adequate, but he will play in the in the outfield. He will be able to play left field. So, I think he feels the, the need. But once again, we get back to that asking price of what they are going to want back in return. 
for a player of Juan Soto's caliber. Yeah, is exactly. And you know, last year I don't think the Padres even gave up that much. I know they gave up a former Yankee and Luke Voigt and a couple of prospects. I don't remember if they were actually high level prospects or what, but we did know that according to uh, some MLB analysts that the asking price for the Yankees was a little too high of their liking. Um, I actually think one of them was at the time Glaber Torres along with, I believe it was Volpe. And that's why the Yankees did not want to do the trade. They wanted to keep it. Okay. If they would take Peraza instead of Volpe, I might do that. Glaber and Peraza, and then maybe like a pitching prospect, like a, a heel or a um, Vasquez, somebody like that, Brito, somebody like that. That if that can get him, if they can, if they can make it work and not have to give up Volpe, Peraza, and Dominguez, like keep two of those guys. If they can keep two of them, and then make a trade for other things, you know, with other things, and get a guy like Soto. I'm on board with it. I'm fine with that. I just don't want to give up two of them. Yeah. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up Volpe and Dominguez or Volpe and Peraza. Yeah. As a Yankee fan, you definitely uh, don't want to do that. But if the asking price is low, I would do that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Like that's, that's gotta be their number one. They got to really look at that. In my opinion, more than even Otani. I hope that's where, that's where they go and they make it work. And if they can somehow finagle this deal and keep all three of those kids, that would be phenomenal. Because then if you have to trade Glaber, you just put Peraza at second. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, because like you said, that would be a great one to, uh, you know, double play combo. Right there, and especially, it, and it could be the one, two, the, it could be the double play combo for twelve years, fifteen years. Yeah, and on top of that, you might actually have Juan Soto for the next couple of years because his contract is actually a team friendly contract. Not only do you give him the 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 last three months remaining of this season, but you, you get him next year too. Him, yeah, yeah, as an arbit- uh, arbitration eligible player until he hits free agency for the very first time in his career. Right. And then, you know what, if he performs, it might be another one of those situations where, you know, Hal's going to have to bite the bullet and you got to pay this guy because you can't afford to let him go. And it's another 30 million, another 40, 35, $40 million a year player. But, you know, you got to, if you're going to be the evil empire, that's part of it. If you can keep, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, and Carlos Rodon with these young kids. And if they start actually working out, and I think Volpe is, has figured it out. He had his growing pains, but he's making adjustments, and he's starting to really come around. And if Peraza can do the same, they can really be onto something for a while. And then the only other thing would be in the coming years, I think maybe you know it might be time to start looking at like a first baseman because – Rizzo will be his contract will be up and he's if he's not performing, they're gonna have to look elsewhere, I think. But that's that's a year or two down the line. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you said, and you know, the free agent uh, market for the next couple of years, not really that bad, but I don't think there's really that key factor that you would like, like to see. But like you said, that is within the next coming years. Or even if uh, they decide to get rid of Rizzo, you still got LeMahieu for, I believe, another four years who could probably play first base uh, as well. He's got a – that's another thing. I, he, I know you can't get rid of him because his contract is too, too big and too long. But my goodness, he's not playing well at all, and it's been a couple years now. He's a real concern. Um, Donaldson's got to go. So if Donaldson goes and we make this trade or whatever, and we lose Glaber, we lose one of these kids, LeMayu's going to have to play third. Mostly. And we are going to have to depend on him. And right now, it's hard to depend on him. It's hard to look at him and say that we we can go move forward with him. He has not looked the same. But, you know, like like we said, he, he's got this contract. He's going to be hard to move. We're not going to get rid of him. So hopefully a guy like Sean Casey coming on maybe can help him out. Yeah, exactly. Just like you said. and Because this was one of the best hitters in all of baseball. This guy was literally hitting up to at least 300 almost every season. Even when he left Colorado. He was still hitting really well, and the last couple of years they really haven't been that well. And then that's why, to our point with Juan Soto, I believe will be really good because the way how he plays, not only does he play hard, but you know every once in a while he goofs around. You know they throw a ball at him, and you know he's got his little shuffle thing, but he plays the game right. And I believe that's why if you add a guy like that who's kind of, I want to say, too similar to to Aaron Judge, but has the kind of the same play style, I think that will lift everyone's spirits up along with a new hitting coach, a new voice to get yep. these players back on track. Absolutely. And I tell you that, you know, he really lengthens the lineup too, Soto. He would be a great fit, better fit than Otani for sure. But we'll have to see what they do. Uh, we probably will do that. Yeah, you know, we'll have another podcast. We'll have a, I'll have you on again. Um, definitely pro- before the trade deadline, but but uh, definitely after the trade deadline. Once the moves are made, we got to get you back on so we can talk all about it. Talk all about what they did do, what they didn't do, what other teams did. It'll be really fun. Looking forward to it, man. So I want to thank you once again for joining me. The first ever Perks Pod. I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you did too, man. Uh, I did enjoy it. Thank you for having me, and I'm very excited to come back onto the podcast. Absolutely. All right, we're going to come back with a quick close. Once again, thanks, Jordan, and we'll be right back. There you have it. That is just some great insight. Jordan has all the knowledge you want. Uh, I can contribute a little bit there as well. Oh, that's our views on the Yankees right now and really anticipating and looking forward to the trade deadline. I am personally uh, very curious, not just for the Yankees, just to see what everybody's going to do. It's going to be very interesting for sure. Well, this is going to put a wrap to the first podcast that I've ever done. 
and hopefully it goes off without a hitch and you guys get a chance to listen to this. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to come up with some ideas. I have some ideas that I'll probably get into it, uh, shortly in the next day or two. Maybe post a quick one with some ideas that I have floating around here. Um, as I said, I'm kind of going off the seat of my pants, kind of, you know, going and figuring things out along the way. And as ideas come to me, just trying them out, see, see how they work. And uh, I already have one uh, after the first episode. I'm already thinking of something that I think could work. It might be pretty fun. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this. More to come for sure. I definitely enjoyed it. I, I think um, anytime you start something like this, especially a, uh, in, the, in a media kind of a sense, with the you know the YouTube channel I have and now this podcast, whenever you start something like this, it can really you know you get really excited. It can really uh, get you through your day and uh, just get you excited for what's to come. And that's exactly what's going on with me with this. I'm excited. Hopefully, I can get a little bit of an audience, and you guys can come along for the ride, and we'll have a lot of fun, a lot of good information, just like we do on the music channel, just like we do on Perks Recap. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me. And until next time, I will see you later.